the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means you're listening to the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. In about, oh, a minute and a half, I'm going to be joined by the prettiest girl in Texas. And it's her show on this day. And we would love your live calls and questions. Ladies, this is a program dedicated especially for you. Uh, we'll take calls and questions on anything, but especially for you. Don't feel bad about interrupting our conversation. If there's anything that Paula can help you with, 340-9585 is the number for your calls. 340-9585. You can also call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app and just hit the Call Now button and you will be directed, uh, connected directly to our, our studio producer, hands-free. And you'll be safe and that will be good. Well, Paula, welcome to the show today. Thank, thank you so much. I, I always like saying that, even though I've been hanging with you all day. Uh-huh. And you said in a minute and a half, I'll join you like, she's not here yet. But I've been sitting right here the whole time. So, hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> you had a couple of things you want to talk about. Okay, so. I mean, the, the, the ladies' luncheon? Mm-hmm. The ladies' luncheon okay. this Saturday, um, 1030 to 230 here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio. Um, the cost is 20 um, a homemade by two wonderful chefs um, luncheon, and then a whole bunch of ladies are making different desserts. And of course, the meal is gluten free, but it's excellent. I've had it before, and about probably one third of the the desserts will be gluten free. So, are they going to have an extra gluten section? Oh yeah, they always have an extra gluten okay. section. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's the section where I go and like just look at and I sniff it. But I tell you what, the the new gluten free recipes and some of these girls are just they're master chefs. It's awesome. See, I just don't believe it. I miss nothing. I don't want to live in a world without gluten and bread and. <laughs> well, they're they're making stuff so good now that. Well, I just tell you this. I've not lost any weight. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I need to. But, but step the times, back. Paula, say it again. Ten thirty to two thirty here at the church, and we'll uh, have welcoming, some announcements, lunch first. So anybody um, who you know, well, worship, of course. But if anybody is running a little bit late, don't let that stop you. We'll probably serve lunch from like eleven. I think it took about an hour and a half to serve us all last year. So. Uh, probably I'll start, the worship will probably start 12.15, you know, if I recall the schedule, 12.15, and then that goes about 20 minutes or so, and then the teaching after that. And and so you're speaking after lunch? Yes, I'm speaking after lunch. I don't like to teach or speak after I eat. I don't either, and what I do is I'll eat a little bit, and I'll tell the people that's sitting on my right and my left, don't let anybody touch my desserts. 
I'll be right back, you know. So, um, but it's a, it's a really fun time, um, instructive time, uh, joyful time, worshipful time. It's just, you know, altar call, bring people that aren't saved or those who are maybe um, marginal, you know, they've kind of fallen away, but, but bring them. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great time. And we still have some space left. As far as I know. Yeah, I think we're a blanket writer in 200. I have no idea. Okay, well, we have yeah, a lot the of... The last time I heard a number from the people who do a registration, I think we we're at 190. So I don't know the answer for and sure. That was a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, ladies, 10.30 to 12 or to 2.30 uh, this Saturday at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio in Universal City. We'd love to have you, and you'll be blessed. Uh, Paula is going to be sharing her testimony. Now, that's unusual because she's done it other places that she's been asked to speak when they've asked her to do it, but never here at Calvary Chapel. Now, obviously, the people in our church know about your testimony because I share mm-hmm. in the teaching and mm-hmm. using some examples from our lives. Uh, so, so our people are pretty aware of your testimony, at least generally. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to hear about uh, not only how you got saved, but what God has done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you don't know I'm going to ask you this. Okay. But all day when you're talking about the things you want to talk about, I'm thinking, no, I'm going to do an interview first. Mm. Okay, and here's the interview. Oh, goodness. Maybe you can take the first part of our program today. Okay. And share maybe some of the parts of your story that you're not going to share on Saturday. I mean, you only have like 40 minutes on Saturday mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can't get like your whole life in 40 minutes. Yeah. So there's going to be some things that you're going to leave out. Um, for example, what would you say based on your experience to a, a woman who's married to an unbeliever? Um, I always tease with people that that after Paula shares her testimony, uh, everybody looks at me like cross-eyed after two days. It's like, I can't believe you were such a jerk. <laughs> but, but it's true, I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say based on your testimony mm-hmm. uh, to somebody who um, is married to somebody who's just not a nice guy? Yeah. Um, I, I would probably say <clears throat> to find out, you know, through prayer, um, because that's the saying we always say around here is, People are the way they are for a reason. Um, And just ask the Lord, okay, Lord, he is this way. How can I best minister to him for you? Because, of course, Lord, you know the whole truth. And um, the Lord will give you a different perspective than he's just a jerk who's making my life miserable. Um, But it will turn around to, okay, Lord, he is miserable. How can I? be used by you to show Jesus and um, show him how valuable he really is in your eyes. And so that's that that's what happened with me. The Lord just showed me um, how uh, valuable you were. I, I, I remember saying um, in some of my journals, Lord, if only he knew the potential that is there um, in the gifts that you've given him, he doesn't realize that he's gifted by you. But Lord, I can see it. You know, the Lord was opening my eyes instead of me wanting you dead. Um, <laughs> he, I was, I was able to see if you lived, I mean, really, truly lived, being a born again Christian, the, the awesome wonder that could possibly be. And of course, I don't, even, I didn't even know to what extent that meant, but. Um, yeah, so I, I would say uh, get the Lord's heart on that guy you're married to instead of him meeting your needs. See how you can best be used by God um, to please the Lord and, and meet your husband's needs. I remember the Lord one time telling me, you know, it's one time when you were especially being, like, ugly for me to wash your feet. And my flesh, of course... I've said this on the program before. I wanted to get that that brush that cleans the barbecue grill. <laughs> I was going to scrub your feet. And you were going to bleed out, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> I couldn't believe the Lord had asked me to do that, you know. And, and I'll say this in my testimony, not this particular story, but I remember um, in another story that I will share saying, excuse me, what kind of love is this? And seeing Jesus with hands out to the sides in his feet with that nail in them saying that kind of love it's a sacrificial love it's an unselfish love it's a love that says you know what he's every bit as important to me as you are Paula 
and since you are mine and you said that you were mine, can I use you to help win him to me? You know, Paul, I think that's a good point. You know, you prayed for me for 13 years, and, and certainly not all 13 of those years were you praying with the right heart. Only three. <laughs> Only three of the 10 years. I think maybe even maybe maybe two years I prayed with the right heart. But that was, you know, like you say, the Lord leaves, I think you said this uh, Sunday, leaves um, difficulties in our life to prepare us to teach us because we need those difficulties those difficulties in in my life were used to change my perspective change my heart to become more like christ in fact as i i was telling today just now this is reminding me as i was telling you you know having a cell phone and so many people can get a hold of us without calling on the phone to say please pray for this person or pray for this situation and sometimes your head just starts reeling there's just so much to pray for you kind of can get overwhelmed and I was thinking Lord that's I'm just one person that happens to you all the time every day all day it's like wow that's just it's overwhelming, but how good and how big is our God? Well, you know, Paul, you got saved um, 13 years before I did. And um, one of the things that we try to communicate on this program, uh, we also try to communicate this clearly in church uh, as we teach the Bible, is that, that too often our motives for praying, okay, Lord, I'm yours now, uh, fix my husband. And, and too often our motive is, is that our life would get easier, that our life would get better. Yeah. Uh, we have these, these um, notions in our mind about uh, what, a, what a godly marriage is supposed to be, and you want it so badly that you're sort of twisting God's arm to fix him, to fix him, to fix him. Mm-hmm. But, but the one thing that we can't escape is that judgment begins at the house of God first. Yeah. Correction begins at the house of God first. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't God's, and you were, even though you were a new Christian or a young Christian, he began this whole process by changing you, not by changing me. Mm-hmm. And probably, like the rest of us, you didn't think you needed change. Just give me a different husband, <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> but but talk about that, that process. Yeah, and that's that's what I'll be talking about. Okay, well, don't give any good stuff away. Well, <laughs> I, I really seriously began to question God's ability. As You, you know, I've shared that before, too. Um, that God, you're good, but you're evidently not that good, meaning that your stubbornness, Ron, was greater than God's ability to change you. And, you know, where, and I'll share this too. You're having me share way too much, <laughs> Pastor Ron. You know. Well, share the other stuff. Okay, let me try to Share like minutes 45 through 60. Well, see, that I'm going to be sharing my testimony of what it took for me to get saved to realize that I needed salvation um, because I really didn't understand about being born again and so um, so that's that's that part of my testimony uh, when I got saved I'm not going to this coming Saturday I probably won't be sharing much at all about um, 30 on other than um, here we are today you know this on the 16th of September will be our 45th wedding anniversary and I'll I'll say that in my testimony but that's a miracle in and of itself because for so many years um, I'm I'm gonna say divorce came up every time we argued and the reason we argued so much is because um, I figured at least we were talking because we didn't have much of a communication system so you know okay so we're arguing but at least we're communicating I just thought that's what you did (laughs) and um, but every time divorce would come up it was like oh man that's such a failure word to me and I never once I got married I was going to be married for life and so um, Jesus you need to hurry up and do something but I, I just remember being so disappointed so many times um, that I began to doubt God's goodness. And so I, I hope that's kind of answering your question because that seemed like I went where you weren't asking me to go. So anyway, <laughs> straighten that out, Pastor Ron. It's your testimony. Yeah, it is. You know, but part of, part of the, the, the reason that, that the Lord uses testimonies in the Bible and certainly uses testimonies with power uh, in his church 
is because it gives people who have no hope hope. Yeah. And and um, I trust that's what will happen. And obviously, our listening audience here, um, we get calls all the time from ladies who are married to men who aren't nice. Mm -hmm. um, I, I keep praying for him. It's been 13 years. It's been 20 years. Uh, for some, even more. Uh, and he's still as big a jerk. But God's still doing the work in you, and your eyes have to be on the Lord instead of on your husband. Yes, yes. And, and that is another thing that, you know, the Lord was saying, get your eyes off of him. You know, if you're, gonna, if you're going to look at him, find those things that are um, building up instead of tearing down, because what happens after a while, you're so disappointed that you're just looking for those things to irritate you. You know, instead of looking for those wonderful things. Uh, here's a, a cute, sweet, for instance. You and I used to play a lot of golf back in the day. And, you know, I, I was in, I'm, I'm in decent shape. I can carry my own golf clubs, you know. And so used to doing stuff for myself because you were gone so often. And um, so I remember one day, this is after you were saved, um, you said, why don't you let me do stuff for you? I was like, for instance, what? open the door or let me carry your golf bag. It just never entered my mind. And I thought, how sweet and thoughtful is that? That's totally the Lord because this jerk before would have had me carry his clubs, you know? Um, so that, it, that was just, that's just one of those things of watching you change over the time. And here's another one. I think the first time I heard you say the word like lovely, I was like, who in the world is this? I've never heard you say lovely or delightful. You know, those kind of words. That just wasn't... That, the, old, I just, the old is gone, the new comes. You what know I it. I was like, wow, this is a changed man. I was so happy. <laughs> it didn't take much to satisfy me, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, if we will stop looking at how God needs to fix our spouse and turn our hearts, our minds to the Lord and let him really, you know, um, examine us, man, you were a jerk. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I was right there with you, Pastor. Ron. You know, I think what you, you've always been a nice person. And I remember one time thinking, and this is before I was saved, I was getting really angry. I remember thinking, why is she nice to everybody but me? Mm. And, um, you know, I think one of, the, one of the, the, the sources of real power in our lives when we come to Christ is we start examining our own heart. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, Paula, it's sadly true that, that too many of us as Christians think more highly of ourselves yeah. than we ought. We, we always put the, the onus for the problems and the stress in our life on other people instead of sitting down with the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, what about me? And what about now? Um, convict my heart. And that can't happen. And I've said this over and over on this program. It can't happen unless we're men and women of the word. The word is what slices and dices our heart. It cuts to, to, to the, between the soul and spirit. It divides flesh from spirit. And then we have choices to make. And the truth is, uh, when we're angry, when we're holding on to unforgiveness, when we're blaming other people for our problems, uh, that is always and only flesh, never spirit. And it just takes a resolve to sit down and say, Lord, uh, I want to get fixed. I don't want to be like this. I don't want these ugly thoughts to dominate my life anymore. Uh, I don't want to be the victim anymore. Um, I want to be like you, Jesus. And of course, Jesus was a victim, but I always say you can't be a victim if you're willing to be. Yeah. And he was. And that's really the process that begins. The day we give our life to Jesus, he's going to continue to get you to die more and more and more to yourself mm -hmm. so that you can live for him. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know that scripture, Pastor Ron? Um, <laughs> and for the listening audience, they're like, she's so weird. Why does she keep calling him Pastor Ron? Well, I can call him babe or honey, or, but I call him Pastor Ron and then maybe my boyfriend <laughs> about 50% of the time. So anyway, that scripture where it says he learned obedience from what he suffered. That's what it kind of feels like to me. We learn, um, well, I'll have you explain that. But, you know, we learn um, obedience from what we suffer when we do something wrong and the consequences of that. And we're like, "Ooh, I don't want to have that happen again. But explain that with, for, with Jesus. 
Well, I, I think it, it's hard for us when we start thinking about, um, I had one one friend say this is one of the mysteries of, of God that we'll never understand till we're with him. Um, how does God learn anything? Mm-hmm. Um, but he learned obedience. What he learned was the benefit of obedience. He learned the reward of obedience. That's from Hebrews. Mm-hmm. And and he, he learned um, um, the reward of obedience. Okay. And the price of learning was suffering. Now, Mm -hmm. remember, Jesus laid aside his deity. He never stopped being God. Mm -hmm. But he willingly, um, eagerly so, uh, subjected himself to the authority of his father. Uh, He didn't walk for 33 and a half years on this earth, you know, like he was God. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said he was repeatedly, but he never used his power as God uh, to benefit himself or to make life easier for himself. And so every day was suffering. Now, one of the things that we can understand about Jesus' suffering, obviously he suffered on the cross, and we can focus on the cross, and rightly so. But every day of his life he suffered. Every day the, the limitless was constrained by limitations. Every day he'd get tired. He never got tired in heaven. Every day he would see things that would crush his very soul because this isn't the way it was intended. Just this mm-hmm. past Sunday, I talked mm-hmm. talk about him being at the tomb of Lazarus and, and, and seeing that which was never supposed to be. And uh, it crushed him. He groaned at Lazarus's tomb. Mm-hmm. So uh, suffering began the day he was born. It continued um, through his childhood years. He learned... Uh, think about this for a moment. God learned to be a carpenter by sitting under his stepfather's. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was an apprentice to his stepfather. Mm-hmm. Um, God didn't. God, it's just an amazing thing. Jesus had to learn to make a chair, but with a word, he created everything that we see. How weird! Huh? So everything, everything was suffering for him, mm-hmm. and he learned the reward of obedience. And so that's really what that's referring to. Okay, because I think that that's kind of the answer to to the question you asked. You know, how are we used by God in not looking at another, but looking at ourselves? Okay, because we don't want to suffer daily. I don't want to suffer daily. I want you to be fixed so that my life would be better, basically. And, you know, the heartbreak that that causes, watching, I remember in my prayers, Lord, after my heart was getting more towards Jesus, getting in line with his, you know, instead of, instead of it being about my heartbreak my, for myself, my heart, break, my heart was breaking for you because you were, you know, I, I had said to you one time, the Lord will not have you have another God before him, and money was your God at the time. Um, and, you know, you were a little upset when I, when I said that to you, like, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, but my heart would break for you because I could see that you were getting taken down a notch, taken down another notch. Um, but, and then we don't want to be under submission, not to God or another, especially, um, you know, who wants to give control to another person? Nobody. That's why Jesus has to tell us to submit one to the other out of reverence for him. But no one wants to be mm-hmm. under submission. Um, and then to to do all of those things, to suffer daily, the heartbreak of watching another um, have to be broken down like we were in order to come to Jesus. You um, see, I, I think our learning obedience, Paula, is is significant because um, with, without the suffering, you know, it's, it's as though you say, okay, Jesus, fix him. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus' reply is, okay, I will, as soon as I'm done with you. Yep, and I'm going to say that in my testimony yep. as well. And and um, um, that's not adequate for most of us. I know, because we don't want to um, humble ourselves. So we don't think we're the problem. Yeah, we don't. But until you sit at the feet of Jesus and he says, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's your heart that's far from me. So let's work on that first. Yeah, so anyway. That is a roundabout way of ask, answering your question. 
three four zero. We got uh, we're inside two minutes for this half of the program, uh, and Harold, we'll get you first call right after the break. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. That's three four zero ninety five eighty five. You can also call toll free at eight seven seven six three zero five seven five seven six three zero KSLR. We'd love to have any questions and calls. Uh, Paula, is it hard for you? Uh, when you share your testimony, um, to deal with the the old hurts and pains that it always dredges up. Yeah, that's been really difficult. You know, um, we want to, I think as Isaiah 43, 19 says, forget the former things, do not dwell in the past kind of thing. Um, see, I'm doing a new thing. But when you're going to share your testimony, um, a lot of stuff that I forgot, comes back and sometimes the enemy and my flesh wants to make it as though it's happening again today like it did so many years ago and that's a that's a real struggle fight you know um, so you just have to take those thought captives and, and that second Corinthians 517 which you said earlier you know remembering it's the old things have gone the new things have come it's like oh yeah that's right Oh, yeah, that's right. But when you're sharing it... And it probably doesn't help when you come home and say, hey, just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three four zero ninety five eighty five. you can hear the music. We're at the end of the first half hour. We'd love to have your calls, Harold. We'll get to you first call after the break. You're listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program the second half of the date the edition paula is live in studio with me so we'd love your calls at 340-9585 harold thank you for being patient you're on the air sure hi hi pastor ron and paula i'm sitting at a long uh red light uh normally i don't call when you're there paula you know because i don't want to interrupt things but uh this is my first day back since friday so it's kind of like my monday but <laughs> anyway you know sorry to tell you that but anyway um i had a, a comment first i guess uh, you know what's really good about you two as a married couple how y'all are able to sit next to each other and share each other's trials and tribulations, uh, problems, and the good times and bad times. And, you know, my wife and I have also been married an awful long time. Well, 42 years, it seems like an mm-hmm. awful long time. But anyway, I I wouldn't want to say too much because uh, she's not sitting next to me, you know. But uh, but the real reason I called is uh, I've been doing some Bible studying and hearing some uh, comments about locations of the city of David. David is the city of Zion. You have a reference to the Temple Mount of Mount Zion, even Mount Sinai at Zion. And my conclusion is the word Zion is is not a place. The city of David is the city of David in Jerusalem. And when it says mm-hmm. the city of Zion or Mount Zion, it's, it's still the Temple Mount. But the word Zion, and it might be in Hebrew, I'm not sure, is... It's a feeling. It's not identifying a place. And I ran into a, a video or so that was trying to say they discovered certain things in the city of David, which is called Sion, the city of Sion. But Sion yeah. is Jerusalem. It's, I mean, yes. it's a uh, place. I mean, it's a feeling, you know, like a good feeling or a happy feeling. I don't know if you've heard that before or you if you care to comment, yeah. I appreciate yeah, Harold, it. You know, I'd rather not look online. Okay. <laughs> I can, Harold. Uh, uh, Zion, okay, Zionism. Hang up. Okay, my, my pleasure, Harold. Uh, Zion or Zionism, uh, it's not a happy feeling, to be sure. That That's not the, the idea at all. It's it's a place where God rules and reigns. Um, it, it, it's a contemporary to uh, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven on earth. It just indicates where God has put his 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 uh, seal of ownership 
uh, on on a land. It's it's where Jesus is going to return. So Zionism as a concept politically um, is is different from uh, from Israeli nationalism uh, in the sense that uh, Zion is a concept, as I said, more like the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, but here on earth. And it almost always, or at least rightfully used, it looks forward to a time uh, when Jesus will be in control, uh, sitting on the throne of David in the city of David. And you're absolutely right about that. It's Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is a real place. Uh, Israel is a real place. Zionism is a concept of government. When Jesus is in control, um, that's sort of the, the Zionist movement. Uh, like all biblical references, uh, we've taken the, the references to Zion. And we sort of polluted them with earthly concepts. And Zionism is spoken of both as a good thing and as an evil thing, depending on which side of the political divide you find yourself on. So um, it's not a feeling. Uh, it's, it's not like the spirit of God in you. The kingdom is within you. Uh, it's not determined at all by how we feel. It's more conceptual than it is physical. So I hope that helps. Um, Harold, thank you again for your patience and for calling. Paula, here's a question from our email inbox from Penny. And she wants to know, what book in the Bible do you suggest for a couple to do together? Do you suggest just reading the Bible uh, or a or do a study? My husband is new to reading the Bible, and I'm not fully knowledgeable in it. I've been a Christian for many years, but haven't really dug into it. But my heart is desiring it, and I want to share it with my husband. Any suggestions? Penny, God bless you for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have something to say, but Paul, let me, let me throw that to you first. Okay. Well, I hear you say all the time, and um, reading the book of uh, Song of Solomon or Song of Songs as a couple is really kind of a wonderful thing. It, it's, uh, it's, it's like, you know, we see someone... And we're we're drawn to them uh, right away, um, and then you know we have that that kind of a lustful um, attraction to one another. This is what I kind of get out of it um, at times for just humans. Um, but when Jesus looked at us, he just sees us beautiful and everything all the time. But as a married couple, sometimes what happens is you know we fall in love, and then you know kind of midway we sort of kind of take for granted or kind of cool off. And we can even do that with Jesus, you know, um, if, especially if things get a little difficult or a little tedious or we think he's asking too much. We can kind of, you know, my lover's at the door, but, you know, I don't want to take off my robe. I mean, I've already taken my shower, and you know, I don't want to get my feet dirty again. In case you don't know, she's paraphrasing mm-hmm. uh, the Song of Solomon, a place <laughs> where, where the woman who's just passionately in love with, with, with her lover mm-hmm. um, at, at some point gets to the point where she's just said, well, oh, that was great, thank you, but right now I don't want to be bothered kind mm-hmm. of thing. And we do that with the Lord. Yeah, we do that with each other, and we do that with the Lord. Um, and then, you know, it's up to us because the Lord is... He'll have to move on, but he's always wanting us to fan into flame um, that passion again. And I I really believe that that's what happens in the Song of Solomon. Um, And so I think that's a great book. And then the other one I would suggest is Ephesians. Um, Yes. In the end, you know, the first... You want to go ahead, Pastor Ron. You take that part. Okay. In the first three chapters, it it just kind of tells us what God has done for us and then in the in the second three chapters of Ephesians it's kind of our responsibility of how to live for him because we love him so much for what he's already done for us um, and so that's a really good one when you get to chapter five that's where the instructions for husband and wife um, how they relate to one another and so I think that those two are my ones that I would suggest. Yeah, I, Penny, I always suggest Ephesians first in a situation like this. But but what I'm going to say to you is important. Read systematically whatever it is you read. Um, I would have two separate readings between you and your husband. I'd pick a gospel and starting with Mark's gospel because it's uh, the shortest and to the point. Um, read a, a chapter out loud to each other. 
um, um, you read it and let him reread the same thing. Uh, you're, you're, you're not only reading it, but you're hearing it. You're using other senses. And then as a couple's uh, Bible study, uh, Paul has suggested, uh, suggested Ephesians, um, spend a lot of time, the two of you together, in the first three chapters. I call it the divine design of the book. Um, it's it's this is how precious you are. This is how special you are. These are the things that God has done for you. And then when you get to the second three chapters, the, the back half of it, um, not only uh, is it, is it well, okay, this is how how I should respond uh, out, of, out of a grateful heart to all God has done. But then you you see this beautiful picture that um, human marriage is of Christ in His church. So it's really important that you do that. And then it doesn't really matter where you start reading, but just read consistently and read systematically. Don't just open it and decide, well, today I'm going to do Ephesians, tomorrow I'm going to do Colossians, uh, next day I'm going to do Exodus. Don't do that. But but start at the beginning of a book. You know, we, we look at the Bible as one book. It's not. It's 66 books. So in any book that you start of those 66, uh, read together until you get through it. Then, Penny, um, uh, you also need to have some study on your own, as does your husband, um, because God will speak to you individually, uh, just as, as, as clearly as he's going to speak to you in a marriage. Now, here's a couple of things that, that concern me. Again, this isn't... Um, uh, I'm thrilled, Penny, that you and your husband are interested in starting this. But when you said he's new to reading the Bible... And you said you've been a Christian for many years, but haven't really dug into it. Think about all the time you've wasted. Don't think about it and be guilty. That's not my point. But think about it. And and I, what I always do is, look how much time I waste. You know, when, when I first got saved, I was so excited about the Lord. One day I told Paul, I said, man, I wish I'd have done this sooner. And she wanted to punch me because <laughs> that's what she'd been praying for all those years for. Don't waste a day. Don't waste a day. F- study your Bible. Find out what's in it. Do it together. Do it individually. Make it the center of your marriage. And here's what I promise you. Uh, y- you and your husband will fall more deeply in love with Jesus. And the result of that will be you and your husband falling more deeply in love with one another. And uh, you, you'll, like me, you'll say, why didn't we start this sooner? Uh, you're, you're on the, the, the edge of the greatest adventure in your life. Uh, there's no value in being a Christian if you don't know our Christ. And I don't mean to suggest that somebody's not saved, but he's a stranger until you really dig in to find out the treasure that is Jesus Christ and the treasure that you are to him. So, uh, Penny, dig in, and I would love it if you keep in touch from time to time. Let us know how you guys are doing. But start with Ephesians, uh, perhaps for your husband who's brand new to it. Uh, it. It seems to suggest that he's a new believer uh, it might be a little bit difficult to understand the poetry of Song of Songs, but it's a great, great book, and, and God will use that as well. So thank you, Penny. I appreciate the, the call. Let's go to Enrique on line one. Enrique, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron. Paula, can you hear me? I can oh, hear yeah, you. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Hi, baby. Hi. Uh, question. I was asked by a family member if I could perform a wedding for them, and I told them I need to talk to my pastor. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to do that. So I guess that's my question. And that's it. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Enrique. And and obviously, Paula Collin and Baby, we know Enrique. Yeah, so, very well. Uh, so, uh, uh, Enrique got saved in a men's retreat. We had a men's retreat coming up. Yep, that, he, okay. and I think he's been coming faithfully for at least five years. Yeah, they would so, always call from yeah. wherever they lived. Um, uh, Enrique, it's not legal for you to do one. You have to be um, um, uh, a real pastor or a minister. Um, you have to have the, the, the church's blessing to be able to do it. And by that, I mean you can't just say, okay, uh, uh, Enrique, you're a good guy. I bless you to go do this. So, no, you can't do that. Um, um, if you have a pastor there and you want to take an active part in the wedding, that would be fine. But there needs to be uh, somebody who, who can honestly say, I am the officiant at the wedding. Uh, here is my name, and this is my title. So uh, when I sign Texas marriage licenses, uh, there's a place for my name and then line under uh, my position, and I write pastor. So uh, nobody checks on these things. But we have to do things with integrity, so it's just not uh, legal 
um, or upright and Ricky for you to do it. Now, again, I would encourage you if they think that highly of you because of your witness, then God bless you for that and take an active role in the wedding. Uh, share part of it. Um, um, uh, preachers, you know, we don't own the stage during weddings. Uh, we want to do what the bride and groom want to do. So it's perfectly acceptable for you under the supervision of an officiant there uh, at the wedding. Uh, it's perfectly acceptable for you to uh, to um, speak, to share, uh, to participate in the ceremony. Uh, just let the pastor do the vows and make the pronunciation of husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Cool idea, huh? That's a really cool idea. Good job, Enrique. <laughs> People can see. Yep. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. I spent the whole first half hour of the show. Do you want anything you want to do with this? Pastor Ron, I talked so much. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, I, in Genesis 16, I was thinking about this, and I don't have this as part of my testimony, but I probably could have, uh, where Hagar has run away from Sarai, you know, and because Sarai gave Hagar to her husband, dumb move, uh, but now Hagar is pregnant, and then Sarai is jealous and um, starts mistreating her, her mistress, and so Hagar runs away. Well, um, the reference for, if I could use this in the, um, in the luncheon speaking, you know, our title, our theme is His Eyes. And um, while Hagar's run away, the eyes of the Lord who um, sees everything in everybody, uh, he says, Hagar, Sarai's maid, because he knows everything, you know, he's smart. Where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, and that angel was capitalized, um, Go ahead. That's Jesus. Uh, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. You know, I want the Lord to say, oh, poor Hagar, this was none of your fault. Poor baby. You run. You just keep running. I I, I understand your your pain. But no, he didn't say any of that. He just said, go back and submit yourself under her hand. You you know, Paula, one of the angriest anybody ever got at me here at Calvary Chapel in all of our years, Mm -hmm. there was a lady who was... I was teaching in Genesis 16. She was listening to the Bible study, and she came running up to me after the message. How could you say those things about Hagar? She is menopause, I mean, or hormonal. <laughs> she's a hormone explosion. She's nine months pregnant, and she's uncomfortable, and she's being mistreated. How could you say those things about her? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, I didn't say anything. I just told you what Jesus said yeah, to her. Yeah. Jesus says, go back and submit yourself under her hand, which, which says... Trust me. Trust me in this. Um, then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply. And, you know, he goes on to give her promises and stuff. And um, though her, her son is not going to be turn out to be a very good guy. But then she called the name of the Lord who spoke, spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Well, anybody in a situation you know, a hurtful, hard situation, not of their own making. Um, I just want to encourage you that God sees. He didn't cause this. This was Sarai and Abram's choice to be disobedient. And our choices affect other people. Well, Hagar was greatly affected. And this boy that will come to fruition is going to be a wild man caused all kind of problems but this was not God's fault Mm -hmm. he saw her and he says I have a plan don't worry necessarily but you got to go back and I want you to submit but she recognized that he recognized her so anyone who's out there in in a situation not of their own making it wasn't God's fault he sees you and he does have a plan but will you trust him? And she says, have I also here seen him who sees me? you got to look up past the circumstances and see Jesus. If you're not saved, you can see his hand reaching out to you just like he did to Hagar. Mm. Get on his side. He will be on yours. Mm. Um, and he wants to encourage you. Yeah, and she went back to uh, Sarai um, far, far, far richer mm-hmm. than she left because she met Jesus. Yeah. 
that was the Old Testament equivalent of a born-again experience. And, and people say, well, that's so cruel. Why didn't God tell her to run away from her? She shouldn't be a slave to anybody. Remember, slavery was a fact of life in the ancient world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another important thing here that, that we need to remember. All of this could have been avoided had Abram not gone down to Egypt. Yep. You know, Egypt in the Old Testament is a type of the world. Yep. And we're always told when they go to Egypt, they're going down to Egypt. And and one of the, the rewards from his trip to Egypt was this woman, Hagar. And if, if, if Hagar hadn't been, uh, or if Abraham, rather, as it, when he was Abram, hadn't been in Egypt, um, he wouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. We can avoid a lot of the problems in our lives simply by doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah, being where we're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. But before you go on, we got a question Calvin called okay. in uh, to the studio. He said, can a person be married by a justice of the peace or a ship's captain? Yes, Calvin, they can. Mm-hmm. They are uh, um, um, civil servants and certainly have the authority uh, to do weddings. The same thing is true in the military here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times COs uh, are, are uh, efficients and in, in registered efficients. Uh, so, um, yes, that, that can be the case. So um, anybody can marry you, just get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and if you got married by a justice of the peace or a ship's captain or somebody, you're to stay married to that person that they married you to. <laughs> it sounded like, ooh, I was married by this person, and maybe I'm not legally married, so I can get out of this thing. Oh, sorry, that's just my ugly flesh, I guess, talking. Yeah. To the pure all things are pure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but, you know, talking about uh, people in, in maybe unfair or just kind of hurt, and harmful situations. I kind of am thinking of the even the storm victims, you know, what they must be going through right now. I just can't imagine, um, you know, Pastor Rich and uh, a couple of the guys went over to Houston and they, they came back. You could see it on their faces like it's like a war zone. I just can't imagine the devastation that's, that's going on there. And yet, you know, how hard it must be to look up beyond that devastation to see that God will, he won't maybe make everything better and and fix your house and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, again, in his presence, you can cry out, you know, not denying like you were teaching us, not denying the disappointment, the fear, uh, the loss, you know, some people lost their lives, Um, man, but Jesus, would you please be with me and encourage me, comfort me, bring me direction, um, give me a, a fresh start. Uh, I, I just can't imagine how yeah, difficult and, that must be. We've got another monster hurricane yeah. pouring down on on uh, uh, Florida and, and, and perhaps um, in, in the Gulf and perhaps on the on the Atlantic side. Uh, they don't know yet, but Jesus has to be the one to whom we run. Um, you know, we have to be practical, of course, and take all the safety precautions. But but, but when we deal with devastation, I, I said on the program this week one day, Paula, that, that seeing the faces of people who uh, were able to get out mm-hmm. and then they came back and mm-hmm. saw the, the, the condition of their property, mm-hmm. um, um, it, it's like we've lost everything. What are we going to do? Yeah. Well, Jesus is right there, just like with Hagar. Jesus is right there. He says, I see you. I've got you. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to uh, make this sound like we're being naive. It doesn't mean there's going to be less pain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that things are going to get better. Uh, what it means is that he who understands your suffering will be there with you through your suffering. And he's the only conceivable source of hope and comfort and direction and and resurrection mm-hmm. um, uh, from circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter what we're going through, whether it's a, a jerk of a husband or a jerk ed of a wife, um, um, whatever you're going through, running to Jesus, staying close to Jesus is the only way you're going to get out of the woods. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. That's how we're to pray. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can be delivered from evil, uh, the same way we can be delivered from, from the results of these wicked things that happen in our lives, is to follow Jesus. Yeah. Lead me. He won't lead you to temptation. He's not. He, we don't have to say, okay, Jesus, don't trick, trick me. 
he's saying, follow me, and we'll be going in the opposite direction of temptation. And when we are at our lowest, when we're the most hopeless, that's when we need to fight with all of our strength, his strength working in us, to get closer to him, because it's the only way that we can turn simply surviving into thriving. And we do that not by denying the reality of our pain or the reality of, of, of the monumental rebuild that's required in our lives. It, it might be somebody in this audience who's, who's just been served with divorce papers and their, 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 their whole process. You said you, you want to be married for life, mm-hmm. and, and that's gone from them. Mm-hmm. Um, take Jesus' hand. He'll say, go back, not to a marriage necessarily, but go back to that place where you fell in love with me and love me and see me because I'm watching you mm-hmm. instead of just the circumstances. Yeah. Oh, see, I love that. I wish I would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got two minutes to say anything you want. Yeah. You know, I, I sometimes it just, you know, the, the perceived hopelessness, um, and yet, you know, Sometimes those things, you have to remember, nothing is as bad as it seems or lasts as long. But when you're in it, Pastor Ron, something like it's going to just be forever and there's nothing going to change. You know, we have so many of our friends um, who are struggling with cancer, terminal, you know, and looking to Jesus. You know, I've just been praying, God, give them comfort, enable them to finish well. Um, and so many of them really are. I mean, they're heroes. Like you were saying, there's some people in our body that have just been struggling with their health for a long time, and they're they're so much closer to Jesus than ever. And I could be, I'm sure. But um, anyway, let me be encouraging. <laughs> Call it uh, time and dates and everything on the Again. women's luncheon one more mm-hmm. time. Women's luncheon, and you know, everybody, it's it's Saturday this Saturday, two days from now. Uh, from 10.30 to 2.30. And if you listen to all the dress code is just, you know, take a bath and be clean. We are, Some will have on shorts and flip-flops. Some will have on fancy dresses and hats and in between. So it'll be awesome. Paula will be sharing her testimony. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Lord willing, I'll be back at the microphone tomorrow at 4 o'clock for your live calls and questions. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Goodbye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.